I would say it would be really important to surround yourself with people who are supportive and loving and encouraging of what you're going through. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. You're listening to episode six, which as an update is actually my second to last episode for season number one. This has been what I will call my pilot season, and I will be releasing one more episode after this, episode number seven, before taking a brief pause to revamp, restyle, and come back with an even bigger and better show. For those of you who have been following my work for a really long time, you know that number seven is a really important number for me. So ending on episode number seven is the perfect way to close out my very first ever mini season. My guest for today is Christine Scarborough, who is someone I've had the honor of working with in my own practice. When I first met Christine through a random internet connection, I knew instantly that she was going to be doing some huge things. In this episode, we discussed Christine's spiritual journey. And so after experiencing an existential crisis a couple years ago, she found her voice and her purpose. Since then, Christine has set out to have vulnerable and authentic conversations with others and to share her journey as a way to help others learn how to work through their own healing process. Christine is an old soul, new to the spiritual world. She's an empath, as well as a Reiki practitioner and an access bars practitioner. She describes herself as a huge pet lover, an adventure seeker, and a fan of ugly socks. She runs a blog called livingdifferentlyandbetter.com, and she'll be releasing her podcast later this year. I'm excited for you to experience her light and her beautiful soul, so grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, a comfy blanket, maybe even some ugly socks, and settle on into my conversation with Christine Scarborough. So hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, How are you? Oh, you're talking to me now. (laughs) I'm talking to you. (laughs) I am fabulous. How are you? I am good. It's a rainy day and I'm just really relaxed and I'm just like so excited to be talking to you. Mostly here. Good. Just because every time I talk to you, I just like my heart lights up and you make me smile and I just... I've been really looking forward to interviewing you for the podcast. Oh, well, that's so sweet. And I feel the same way. I love, love, love our conversations. Uh, so for the listeners who don't know who you are, let's just start off with like who you are and what you do. Tell um, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm Christine. Really what I do, I feel like... <laughs> isn't important. I mean, I'll say that I manage a healthy pet food store right now. Um, I'm looking and kind of aiming to completely change that and get into a totally different line of work for myself. Let's see. What else was it that you wanted to know? Uh, Just about yourself. So like, uh, what are some things that interest you or, you know, some cool things that are going on in your life? Whatever you feel is like on your heart. Okay. 
Well, so I am recently divorced and kind of starting to live this new life, which has just been absolutely amazing. I look at my divorce <laughs> as a blessing. <laughs> um, it's kind of set me on a new path, which has been really good. I've got dogs and a cat. I've always loved animals. Um, I'm into yoga, meditation, energy work. I love uh, all those things. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. They've been amazing. Um, I love riding my motorcycle, being outdoors, and just being with my friends and family. Okay, cool. So I love all of those things. I really love a big part of the podcast is you had started off by saying, I don't think it's important that this is what I do, but, you know, I manage a healthy pet store. And a really big part of this podcast is that I want people to be able to find themselves in the conversations that I'm having and in the stories that people share with me. So thank you for just being honest and being like, this is what I do. Because uh, it is important. I really want people to know that, you know, you don't have to be in like this full-time spiritual line of work, 40 plus hours a week um, to have an important story to share. So I think that was a really important detail. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, and obviously, I think that you have something important to share I from knowing to you. So um, believe me, it's good. To help us understand you a little bit more and in the spirit of truth and honesty, we are going to play a quick game of Two Truths and a Lie. All right. I'm excited about this. So go ahead and start off with your two truths and a lie. Uh, just list them off one at a time, and I will guess which one is a lie. I'm a little nervous because I feel like I should know these answers, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. I don't know that you're going to get it. Oh, all right. We'll see. Okay. So number one. I was once followed by the Secret Service. Okay. Number two, I won a contest for riding a mechanical bull for 96 seconds. Number three, I've lived in 10 different states. Okay. I'm secretly hoping that you being followed by the Secret Service is one of your truths because... Like that is just so interesting. And if it is, I'm totally going to ask you about that. Um, so I'm going to say that the lie um, is that you've lived in 10 different states. I can't believe you got that. <gasps> yes. Okay. <laughs> Here's why I think that that's what it is. Because 10 different states, um, Christine has a little bit of what I would call like a, a not a Southern accent, but you just have like that really like Southern hospitality ring to your voice. And so I'm like, you cannot live in 10 different states and expect that to stick around. <laughs> so that was honestly my basis for guessing. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good uh, rationale for that. Although I have lived in six different states. Okay. But I'm most of my time has been in the South. There we go. See, I knew it. <laughs> but please tell me why you were followed by the Secret Service. <laughs> okay. So when I lived out in Utah, it was during the time that they had the Olympics there. And the house where I lived was up on this mountain. You had to actually get off the interstate and open up a gate 
And in the wintertime, you had to ride snowmobiles to get up to the houses. And so my ex-husband and I were coming down the hill one day because we had to go to the store for some reason and rode down the hill on the snowmobiles, changed clothes, got into the truck. And as soon as we started to pull off, we had like an SUV um, that came up off of the interstate and immediately started following us back on the interstate. And every time we changed lanes, that car would change lanes. Mm. And this went on the whole way until we got to the grocery store. And my ex-husband dropped me off and then drove around trying to lose him, which he did. And he came back and picked me up and we ride back um, up the interstate to our exit and get off the exit. And we're getting ready to get out of the truck. And here's the same vehicle again. Hmm. And at this point, I was getting kind of aggravated, and I thought, something's not right here, and I'm going to confront these people. Oh, man. So I get out of the truck, and I go banging on their window, and this guy just real slowly rolls it down. And I just looked at him, and I said, is there a reason that you're following us? And he just kind of said, ma'am, what are you doing? And I said, well, who are you, first of all? (laughs) Interrupted me on my store trip. (laughs) So then he pulls out his ID and says he's a secret service. I'm like, this can't be for real. But they had people in like on different parts of the different mountains scoping everything out. They had sharpshooters up there, um, but they had no idea that there were actually homes in this part of the area. And so they were trying to figure out what on earth we were doing. Oh, like why you were taking snowmobiles and changing yes. your clothes and yes. in the different vehicle. That's so funny. You guys probably <laughs> look like spies. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And here I am ready to take them on, but I don't know what I expected to do actually. <laughs> That's so funny. In retrospect, you're probably like, man, it takes a lot of courage to bang on the window of a secret service. <laughs> courage or stupidity. I don't know which. That's <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. That's like, Um, so speaking of like going with your gut, courageous, like going into things kind of blind, do you mind telling me a little bit about your spiritual path and like how you stumbled into things like you mentioned energy work and meditation? Where does that journey for you start? Oh, And start wherever you need, like zoom out, zoom in, rewind, do whatever you need to. Okay. Looking back on it now with where I'm at, at this moment, I would say my journey started when I was a young child, but obviously didn't realize it. Mm. Where I started to realize a change, my dad he was actually my stepdad, but he adopted me. I called him my dad. He had passed away, and he was the first close person in my life who had passed away. Mm. And it was a pretty traumatic uh, situation for me. And how old were you? I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. This was, I really tend to not think about time, but I think it was. <laughs> Three, 
three years ago, three or four years ago now. That's what I thought it was recent. And then you said, when I was a child, and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, this whole time I thought that that was so recent. Okay. Oh, no, you were right. It so was we're recent. good. I'm on the right. <laughs> and so after he died, you know, I started questioning myself if I was living the life I was supposed to live and would he be proud of me and just all of these questions that I guess are probably pretty normal for people to ask under the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I had to admit to myself that I was not happy with my life. I wasn't happy with my marriage. I wasn't really happy with my work, but it was what I knew. It was what I had attached my identity to. And once I admitted that, then the next thing was, is I had to make a change. So I started going to, um, well, I can say it. I started going to Al-Anon classes or meetings, oh. which for those who aren't familiar, Al-Anon is for friends and family of alcoholics. Okay. Because I felt like I had to do this work on myself to deal with different situations in my life. That was when there started to be a pretty major shift in my marriage because I really started to find my voice. And that goes on, I don't know, for maybe almost a year or so. And kind of jumping around, I was going to work for a client of mine. I used to do consulting and decided to take a job with a client of mine even though there were so many red flags. Once I got there, I realized how much I hated it, but I was making really good money and felt like I needed to stay there. I was there for maybe a month when I found out that my biological father had committed suicide. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks. We had not spoken in many, many years. and. His side of the family had stopped communicating with me because of what he had asked and things that he would say. And so I had no relationship with them anymore. And out of the blue, one day, I just got this phone call about him uh, committing suicide. Hmm. And because my family had reconnected with me, my uncle and I started forming this really, really tight relationship and we were talking all the time, and it was just absolutely amazing. This is your biological uncle? Yes. Okay. Yep. Anyway, I had gotten really, really sick. Well, I didn't realize I was sick, but long story short, I ended up going to the ER and was then, a few days later, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Oh, there's just a Which, lot going on. <laughs> yes. One thing after the other. Exactly. It just kept snowballing. And so trying to adjust to that and everything else that was going on. And on top of that, right after Christmas of this same year that all of this was going down, I lost my job. The job so, you didn't want anymore, just to yes. be clear. Okay. Yes. Just exactly. making sure. That's a good point that you bring up. <laughs> um, but I was the primary breadwinner for the family. I needed insurance because of my diabetes. And I no longer had money or insurance. 
Okay. So, <laughs> so the snowball has become an avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I spent a few days in bed just kind of crying and started thinking about some things and essentially had what I call my existential crisis. In the process of doing that, I was part of an online group from another podcast. And that's where I ended up connecting with your husband. Oh, okay. I was wondering, I was like, I never really knew when that happened or like where that came in. Cause he just randomly one day said he met you. Okay. Yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> so part of this group, I was asking for help for something and he messaged me and mentioned you and that you might be able to help. And I think he said he might be able to as well, but he had mentioned some of the stuff that you do. And I was like, Oh my God, I've got to talk to him. That's so funny because he is not one to be like, my husband reads tarot cards. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's usually not to say like reserved about it, but like to hear that he just flat out reached out to you. That is not how I thought that that happened. So I'm going to thank him after this. Well, and I think that's, that's all part of this, like how him and I came together that led to you and I coming together and mm -hmm. the relationship that we've now formed. I, as you know, set up a call with you and that really was the catalyst for opening up the door for where I'm at right now. Okay. So I remember specifically the first time that we spoke, I'm pretty sure it was for your, uh, your call with me. And you had mentioned uh, on that call that you were like cracking open old books that you had and diving back into some things or like things were just kind of showing back up in your life. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Were those from like a long time ago or were they like, I had just recently bought them and then like the avalanche happened and I put them on the shelf. Like, where did those things, like, first fall into your life? Maybe I missed that part. That's such a good question. I was, so they're from many, many years ago. Um, I can remember even in junior high school, I was into meditation a little bit. And then my ex-husband and I were both into learning more about different religions and spirituality and breath work and things like that. So through the years, I had collected a lot of these books and hadn't picked them up in ages. And when I started going through this existential crisis and wanted to, you know, figure out some answers to some things, I just started pulling some of them off the shelves Got it. Okay. I was like, cause I know that it wasn't me who made you go buy those books. I know that you had them <laughs> before <laughs> me. Okay. So we did our call. Um, yes. Would you mind? Cause like, I'm not going to tell it well. Can you just tell the listeners about like the dragonfly story that happened? Cause it's one of my favorites and I tell it to people all the time as an example. Oh, I love this story. And it's so, <sighs> It's so special to me. I'm even wearing my dragonfly earrings right now. I wore them just for this. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy, especially because like, I didn't tell you this before the call, but today, the day that we're recording this is like the last day for my small spirits Oracle rough draft. 
Yes. So Dragonfly was actually the very last one that I did today specifically <gasps> because I was like, oh, I'm going to save this for last. So it's fresh in my mind when I talk to Christine. And then I'm going to make her tell the Dragonfly story so that I can just be in Dragonfly energy all day. Oh my God, that's so awesome. I love that. <laughs> okay. So you and I had this amazing conversation. And you picked up on a lot of the essence of me that you would have not, you wouldn't have had any idea about. And I can't remember all of the details, but I do remember that the moment you and I got off the phone that day, I started having all of these synchronicities start to happen. And it was crazy. I mean, I just, they just wouldn't stop snowballing. I remember the text messages, like throughout the day, I know you were super busy, you like left our call and you had a million things to happen. And so I wasn't expecting you to respond to things so quickly. And I just remember the rest of the day, you're like, this just happened. I can't wait to tell you about what just happened. Yeah. And it kept going and it kept going. I don't know that it was during our very first phone call. It might've been during the second one. I can't remember for certain, or maybe it was in between. Actually, I think it was in between. Mm -hmm. So once those synchronicities started to happen, that's when I just kind of gave in and turned everything over and said, okay, there is something to all of this and I just need to have faith. I remember saying to myself, well, not saying to myself, well, yes and no, but asking my higher power, you know, if this is real, please show me a sign and please show me a sign that my dad is near And I specifically asked to see a dragonfly. And I think it was probably because it came up in our conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't remember why, but I do remember laughing when you told me that you chose a dragonfly. And I was like, oh, of course, what a perfect thing to pick. Yeah, it might have been something on one of your cards or it might have been, oh, no, it was in a description that you were trying to explain to me about yes. one of the cards. I was trying to explain to you, I remember now, I was telling you the story about how, like, when dragonflies are born, they're the little, like, underwater larva. And yep. then when they travel to the, when they grow up, they, like, leave the water and they become a dragonfly. And so there's this, like, story on the internet everywhere where they talk about, like, once the dragonfly leaves, it can't turn around and tell the other like dragonfly babies, basically. (laughs) Like, hey, this is what happens. And so it's this really beautiful story that they compare to people passing that your loved ones are still there. They just can't always come back to tell you that like they're fine, they're good, they made it. They're this new being on the other side. And so I had told you that because I think we were talking about um, the loss that you had just had. And I was like trying to explain to you, they're still there. Um, they just may not be able to fully communicate that they're okay and they're good. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That's, that is exactly what it was. (laughs) I knew we would figure this out eventually. (laughs) So I asked to see a dragonfly by Sunday night. And I think this was on a Thursday. I had to be real specific, you know. You gave them plenty of time. Yes. (laughs) So I can remember... Like Friday and Saturday, anytime I was out and about and driving around, I'm constantly looking for one. 
And I'm just thinking, I'm not going to see one. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm losing my mind, but there's something to this. And Sunday night rolled around and I was outside working on a project. I was trying to take something apart outside and getting really, really frustrated with it. Um, I couldn't find the tools that I needed. It was hot. I was exhausted. But for some reason, I just kept going back to it. And at one point, I remember I kind of had my hands up above my head trying to undo something. And I just kind of threw my head down in, in just frustration. And I took a deep breath and I looked over. And there it was. The dragonfly. The dragonfly. And not even a real dragonfly, right? That's my Correct. <laughs> it was a wind chime that I had, that I'd had for a very, very long time, and had been sitting on this table for a while, but it has dragonflies all over it. And I look at it all the time, never pay any attention to it, had forgotten really that it even had dragonflies on it. I just remember looking at it going, okay, I get it now. <laughs> they and waited until that last minute too. That's my, yes. that's my other favorite part is they were like, you said Sunday night, done. Sunday night it <laughs> <Yep>. is. <laughs> I still laugh about that anytime I think about it or even tell that story. After that, I just really dove into my meditation, dove more into reading, more synchronicities started to happen. Amazing people started coming into my life. Um, I started having these incredible experiences in my meditations. And I started going to a meditation group on a weekly basis. I just really put everything into it. And all of the work has absolutely changed my life and my perspective I mean, it's just been amazing. So um, I heard you mention, it's uh, kind of funny because you said like, oh, I was talking to myself. Well, not myself. Yeah, kind of myself. Um, and then you keep talking about like how you really dove into meditation. It's like the one thing that really stands out to you that you do a lot of now and you go to different groups. Would you say that you how do I want to word this? How would you describe what you call like a higher power? Like what's your personal way of describing that? Oh, no pressure to like choose a label. If you don't use one, that's fine. That's um, so funny that you just said that. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, I hate to label this. Okay. Well, that's fine. You don't have to pick one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you, sometimes I call it God. Sometimes I call it source energy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I call it my higher power. Okay. The way I look at it is we all come from one energetic loving source. We're connected to that. It gave life to us. That's how we're all connected to each other. That's how we're connected to everything in this universe that's how and why we communicate with each other is through this 
energetic source. I like the nondescript feel. I think it's very appropriate for something that's, you know, intangible and unexplainable still at certain times. So (laughs) I am totally all for an loosely labeled thing. Um, I just wanted to check. I know sometimes I talk to people and they're very careful not to choose or say like their word. Um, So I just wanted to make sure you knew like this is a safe space, call it what you want. Um, I really want people to know the different lingo around it. I appreciate that. I really do. (laughs) So now that you've been doing these meditations more, because gosh, this was what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, I think January two years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) So in the last two years, like where has this meditation practice brought you? What does your day-to-day look like now? Maybe not your day-to-day, but like, you know, your spiritual practice (laughs) day-to-day. Yeah. Well, in the very beginning, I would meditate sometimes twice a day. I would journal, um, read. One of the biggest things I think that it's helped me with is, well, there's a few things. Um, To become centered and grounded to let go of control or trying to force situations. And I still deal with, you know, that's still a challenge for me sometimes because that's just kind of my nature <laughs> anyway. I think that's human nature in general. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's just yours, but it's human nature. <laughs> the breath work has helped me to connect with myself and find a sense of peace. And through all of that, I have on many, many levels experienced a sense of joy that I never knew was possible. Mm. You know, I can be driving down the road some days and be so overwhelmed by the beauty of just everything around me and life that I start crying. But there have been moments where I know that I'm being tested. And I don't mean tested in a bad way. Right. But we're challenged to to know yourself or to learn something about yourself, you mean? Yeah, that's a great way to explain it. Yes. And sometimes I do well with that, and sometimes I don't. I had dropped off of my meditation for a little bit. Um, It mostly happened after I went through this last divorce and I just kind of became consumed with the paperwork, you know, all of the the things that go along with the divorce and redoing the house and everything. And that's probably the time I needed it the most, but. (laughs) Isn't that always the funniest? The time you need it the most (laughs) is the time you don't have time. Yeah. Like I had, after when my divorce was going on, I was just. I've never been so busy in my life. It's like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to manage all this. Hmm. But I have in the last couple of months or last month, I'd say really picked up my practice again to where I'm meditating daily. I'm back to writing every day. I've gotten back into yoga and I probably needed the break. There, I would say there's a reason that I took the break and it was probably part of my something I had to learn as well. Yeah. Rest is a necessary part of everything. 
Oh, yes. Even resting. (laughs) Like sometimes you need a break from resting. Yeah. So it's just every bit of it has changed my life. I have since uh, taken a couple of Reiki classes. So I'm doing that now. Yeah. How fun. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can send you some distance Reiki or if you want to come up here, I will just do it in person for you. Done. It's a date. (laughs) Okay. I'm booking a flight today. <laughs> Maybe I need to come down there. You have the beach closer to you than what I, I do. do. It's just a mile away. We can yeah. do some Reiki and yoga on the beach. Oh, how awesome would that be? <laughs> come on down. <laughs> I'm there. So I, I do want to ask you one other thing about meditation, um, because it's something where like I talk about it a lot. And one of the questions that people ask me all the time in readings or uh, coaching sessions uh, is like, well, how do you meditate? And I'm always like, oh, check the internet. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I, I know how I do it. I know it works for me, but I also know that I can only explain it in a way that I understand. So what is your meditation practice look like or what is your like favorite way to do meditation? Any feedback would be good on that. That's another great question. I love it. Okay, first of all, my approach is there's no one right way to do it. I just kind of feel like everybody needs to do what works for them. For me personally, I usually go into a specific room in my house. Um, Now I have my own. Uh, I call it my yoga, meditation, Reiki room. Um, I have that all set up now. Oh, I just, I freaking love it. I'm so excited about it. So I go in there and I will either sit up or lie down, but I almost always listen to something on YouTube. Um, Sometimes I choose a chakra meditation that just has music or chants. Uh, Sometimes I choose a spoken word meditation. Sometimes I do a, you know, get in touch with your spirit guides meditation. I've done shamanic journey meditations. Oh, those are some of my favorite. Oh, so. I don't get to do them often because otherwise I would just get lost in it every day. Right? I do love some shamanic journey meditations. Oh, so I have to tell you this really neat story if you have time for me to tell it. Oh, I got all the time. I am buckled in. Okay. So the first probably one or two times I did a shamanic journey meditation, and it was the same, same recording that I listened to, at one point I had this really large white horse show up in the meditation. Okay. And I just thought... When you say large, are we talking like Clydesdale large? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you mean like, oh my gosh, that's a gigantic horse, or just like, oh, it's a big horse. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just, I got my eyes closed. I'm picturing it, so I'm on... Okay, the- yeah, we needed to clarify that. And I just thought it was kind of odd. Like, okay, what is this white horse doing here? What does this signify? I could never figure it out, but I just thought, okay, that's my spirit animal. Okay. And... Fast forward to, I think it was maybe around November of this past year, I went and had my 
I went to someone for an Akashic record reading. In my reading, I'm riding a white horse. This is what the reader says to you? Yes. Okay. I mean, at first I thought, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool. And then at some point later, I was like, oh my God, there's that connection again. There is something to this. And I remember her telling me something about, you know, you're a warrior coming in on this white horse. Um, it was just this beautiful experience, but I was finally able to somewhat connect the white horse showing up in my shamanic journey, which I just thought, I mean, it just blew me away. The whole thing gave me chills. I love when those synchronicities like that happen. I think, so again, I don't do shamanic journey meditations often. I try to like really take those moments to just like relax. I'm more of a like breath work get lost for a minute, don't think about anything meditation kind of person. Mm-hmm. But when I do the visualization ones, oh my gosh, they are the craziest. I think I told you about that one that I did where like my grandfather walked up who I had never met. Did I tell you about that? Yes, you did. And he like gave me two gifts and he was like, these are for your dad. And I was like, how do I explain this to my dad? Yep. <laughs> and then I ended up telling him and he was like, okay. It was a very like, what? who gave you these? Who told you to give me these things? Um, And they had like a lot of meaning to him. So ever since then, I'm very cautious about visualization meditations because I'm like, all right, I can't just be buying people gifts all the time and (laughs) these things. So you also mentioned breath work. Do you do that specifically in your meditation or is that like a totally different practice that you do? I do it both in my meditation and just in my awake, conscious, day-to-day movement. Do you do that for helping yourself? Most people that I know that do breath work do it in times when they're like maybe having a little high stress or anxiety and they need a way to kind of just bring themselves back down. Is that similar for you or? Absolutely. Do you mind sharing? I'm sure not to say that you're like a breathwork teacher, but you probably know more than I do. So what like is your favorite way to do that? Oh, I, mm, do you have a specific practice? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say that I have a, well, I was going to say I don't have a specific practice, but I guess I kind of do. When I become aware that I am not being present, that I I suddenly go, okay, I'm thinking too much about this subject or this thing that's stressing me out. I've got to get everything back in check. What I try to do is focus on this beautiful, healing, white, bright energy that is flowing into my crown chakra. And as I take a deep breath and inhale, all of that energy travels through my body and into the ground and reconnects with everything on this earth at the same time that I'm just exhaling very slowly and just trying to focus on the energy, slowing things down and thinking about that connection and being present. Sometimes I only maybe do like three rounds, um, just whatever it takes to get me back to being present is my main goal. 
Right. I mean, I'm not a good teacher at breath work, but that's what I do. I mean, that was great. Uh, that was the visualization that you use is similar, but different uh, to the one that I usually recommend. I um, usually start people from the heart. So like it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I visualize the same kind of breath work, like uh, the, the light and the breathing it in. And so you start from your crown and you like bring it down and uh, into the earth, which is smart if you're trying to ground yourself. I don't know why I don't do that. <laughs> I always do it as a, like, I visualize myself actually breathing in the light. So it goes like, because it goes through my nostrils and into my lungs, I start with my heart chakra because that's where I imagine that the breath goes first. And then yeah. for me, I push it out. So a little, a little goes up to my crown, a little goes down to my root. Oh, and I, I like that. The more that I'm thinking about your way, I'm like, that would probably calm me down a lot more than scattering my energy in 5 million directions. Oh, well, yeah, you bring up a good point there too. <laughs> probably start from my crown down. Probably a better idea. Well, maybe you try that. I'll try yours. And then... And then you'll call me and say, uh, I did the heart thing and my day got so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was moving in every direction. Yeah, I was all over the place. That's so funny. Do you have any tips or tricks for people who are maybe like just starting out in their journey, either like maybe a book that really pushed you in a certain direction or um, just general advice that you think might be helpful for someone? I guess my advice would be let go. Try not to have any expectations or preconceived notions about how to do the work or what the result of the work is going to be. Just be with it. Enjoy the experience. I would also say have a good support system. One of the things I know I come across often when I'm reading about other people's journeys is once they start to go down this path, they lose a lot of friends and some family. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would say it would be really important to surround yourself with people who are supportive and loving and encouraging of what you're going through. Just keep an open mind and try to focus on living from a heart-centered space. I love, I love all of that. <laughs> so the entire time you're talking, I was like, yes, yes. You ticked off so many boxes for all of the things. Yes. See, you are such a great teacher. <laughs> They're perfect. Um, so if people want to follow you on the internet and they want to follow your journey and see more about you, where can they find you? So I am, I am on Facebook. Um, it's just Christine Scarborough. I don't know any other link, but, um, if they find you, they'll find me. Easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I started a Facebook page for what's going to be my blog and podcast, which is living differently and better. Yes. And that is going to happen. I'm putting it yes, in the universe. It's it coming. is. I feel it. <laughs> yes. Um, I've got lots of things written down for my blog. And like I told you earlier, this is an inspiration for me to get back to work on my podcast too. So, and with this being the full moon energy, perfect time to really delve back into it. Ride the wave. 
write it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing so many beautiful things. Um, but thank you so much for being here and just sharing your story. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I just, I have to say for your listeners, I know I've told you this before, you, and I'm going to try to get through this without getting teary eyed. You are responsible for opening up the doors for my spiritual growth and showing me what's possible and rebuilding my faith. And that is why I just absolutely adore you and love you. And I'm so freaking grateful for you in my life. Thank you. That means a lot to me. (laughs) I know I don't think I've ever spoken to you without you expressing that. And every time a little bit more and more, I'm like, accept it. Just say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of responsibility on me, but I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. You are most welcome. All right, friends. That was my chat with Christine. Isn't she just the kindest soul ever? Thank you so much, Christine, for your kind words, your beautiful story. I'm just so blessed to have you in my life, and I cannot thank you enough for being here today. If you want to chat or stay connected with Christine, you can find her information in the episode notes below. Make sure that you find her on Instagram at Christine underscore Scarborough one. Again, the information is in the notes. Or you can subscribe to her blog at livingdifferentlyandbetter.com to make sure that you get the heads up for her upcoming podcast released later this year. While you're perusing the internet, also feel free to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at The Diviner Life. If you just can't get enough of the show and you want to be sure to stick around for more, you can go ahead and click that subscribe button wherever you're listening in from to be notified of future episodes. If you were uplifted by today's conversations and you'd like to share that lighthearted feeling with someone else, take a moment to share Let's Be Omnis with your friends, your family, maybe your Reiki healer or your meditation teacher or whoever else you come in contact with today. Thanks again for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist. <laughs>